Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to Thin Thin Lines. There you go. I like it. That's good. Awesome. <laughs> well, perfect. Welcome back. My name is Vince, one of your hosts here, and Randy and Tyler are actually away for this episode, but we're doing a, a little impromptu, maybe not impromptu, we planned it, but an exciting episode where we have a, a new guest to our show. So, sir, you introduce the show, introduce yourself. All right, my name is Dimitri, uh, ER nurse by trade. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. EMS by trade. So we said? No, no, uh, ER nurse. ER nurse ER by ER trade. ER nurse by trade. Yep. Former okay. law enforcement background, transition to the healthcare side. Okay. Loving every bit of it. Okay. Well, why the hell are you standing in my studio? <laughs> what are you doing He's here? Sitting. <laughs> He's sitting. <laughs> right. <laughs> why are you here, man? Well, I love I love the message that uh, you know within thin lines is all about. Uh, it's all about family, mutual interest, getting to know each other, and just uh, you know taking a step away from the uniform, just like you said earlier, and just uh, talking about the job, things that we all enjoy. Yeah. Awesome. And then we also have Bushio. Hey. Bushio. What's going on? Welcome back, boss. Thanks, man. Thanks How for you having been? Me. Oh, I'm good, man. Good. Yep. Yeah. What's new? Uh, Other than in your handful of pistachios on your table. <laughs> Don't look at that. <laughs> no shells. No, no shells. Hey, it's easier to get to. Right? But that's um, the whole purpose of a pistachio. You got to break the shell, man. Okay. Well, you know, next time I'll bring you some shelled ones. How about that? Just get out. Just, just walk out. You're okay. Fired. Well, I'm taking the bag with me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Nothing much, man. I got another kid on the way. Yeah. That's, congratulations. That's one of the biggest things. A little uh, gender reveal this weekend. Yeah. 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 You know what it is yet? or I know what it is. You do? I do. Oh, man. You want to okay. know right now? I'll t- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you have to wait until Saturday. <laughs> congratulations. Number four, right? Number four, man. Number four. Yeah. All right. I love it, man. Thank you. Everything at home pretty good. How's the wife doing? She's uh, she's a trooper, man. I'll tell you. She uh, She keeps going even though she's like. Ready to, you know, have another one, and she's like, "Oh, I have another one after this." Oh, oh, let's hold on for a minute. There. They're all C sections, you know. Oh yeah, sure. So, but no, she's uh, she's great, man. And great. this was planned, right? This was planned. Well, <laughs> well, good. let's hold on. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Was right. Think about it. Uh, are you <laughs> yeah. ever really ready, though? I You're mean, never, you, you plan about kids, but it's like, yeah, right. Someone said that actually not too long ago. They're like, uh, "Have you planned your kid?" And, and uh, it was your sister that said it because the doctor told her and. She's like, yeah. He said, well, do you, and no one's really planned. When you plan a kid, I think in, in, in this sense, when you plan a kid, you have all financial situations set, your careers are set, yeah. and, like, you know, you have everything you need for the kid. We don't have any of that stuff, sure. you know? I think that's that's a plan, in my opinion. But yeah. when you want to say you have a kid, you want to have a kid. Yeah, you have the means to support them, uh, you know, raise them upright. Yeah. But I think, I honestly think uh, all kids, in, in a sense, are planned because, you know, you want a kid and, Sometimes it just happens. Oh, it's 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 coming. <laughs> oh yeah, adapt so, and overcome. Yeah, adapt and exactly. overcome. Ah, look at that. I like it. How do we meet? How do we? How do uh, three of us off meet? Off of Instagram. Instagram. So, yeah, right. <laughs> I met Armando here yeah. off of uh, Instagram. I think it was actually through Hector's page, Supreme Whiskey Stones. He yeah. posted something with his cigars, and I just clicked on the tags, and I was like, oh hey, first responder, he's into cigars. No, this could yeah. be something. And then off Armando, I met Vince, and yeah. it went from there, man. I loved your message, loved the page, you know, uh, representing first responders and military personnel. You know, we're, we're a different breed. It takes a lot for us to do what we're doing and yep. things that we go through. And so that, that speaks volume to me. It is a different breed, and I think our biggest support, or one of our huge supports, is each other, Absolutely. you know, within the family. Yep. So, And that kind of introduces our topic here is uh, family. 
So before we dabble too far, you know, the, the word dabble, that dabble. seems to be the, day, right. <laughs> the word of the day. Before we dabble too far into conversation, we're going to break some of the uh, highlights of what's going on. So on news, let's pick a subject, right? What's been happening around us that is influencing our careers? Boy, so, uh, well, from my perspective, the whole healthcare uh, shortage, um, you know, the news will tell you one thing, but working in a ER, I'll tell you that uh, people are just fed up with how the past two years have basically gone. Uh, the healthcare professionals, along with other first responders, for lack of a better term, have just been shat on, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's resources, administrative decisions, it's really taken a toll on us. And for us healthcare employees, we finally stood up and we said, you know what, we've had enough. So you've got a mass exodus of healthcare professionals, whether okay. it's nurses, doctors, all, you know, uh, disciplines just leaving and they're taking up contract positions within other agencies, whether it's local across the nation or across the world, and they're getting paid a hefty amount for it. So they finally, you know, feel their worth. Like, uh, Probably a quarter of our ER nurses went and picked up contracts at other hospitals just because that contract pay is two to three times more. And they said, well, if I'm going to get paid the same, or if I'm going to do the same amount of work and be exposed to the things that I'm exposed to, I'm going to damn well get paid enough for yeah. it. So they I feel their worth. Sure. So, unfortunately, that's that's where the healthcare industry is at at this day and age right now. So in the ER or a nurse perspective, are you noticing it's a... Um, a lack of new employees coming in, like new students, or is it just like a retention problem? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, yeah, people don't want to. Don't people don't want to work? People are better off. Hate to say it, but collecting unemployment. You know. Oh uh, my god! I've got That's people that are. Yep. I've got friends that quit their jobs. They're making more than I am. You know, I'm, I'm a student <laughs> right now, and I'm graduating school pretty soon. They're making more money than I am, and I'm working in the ER. And you're putting your life basically exactly. on the line. Exactly. The skill set. You know, you know I've, got, I've got licensures and uh, certificates and so forth, and I'm getting paid less than the guy at Chick-fil-A flipping burgers or right. chicken sandwiches. So. And he gets chicken <laughs> sandwiches <laughs> as well. So. Uh, right. There is a retention thing as well, too, working as a first responder or a fourth responder, as Armando said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's uh, – yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. uh, there is the retention problem because, you know, uh, the things that we see on a daily basis, the traumatic instances – it burns you out. You know, some people take it home. Unfortunately, they don't have a means of decompressing like we are here. You know, with Hempton Lines, that's what it's all about, finding a means of just leaving it at the door so you don't take it home. Some people don't have that. They don't have proper coping mechanisms, and it burns them out. After a couple of years, you know, working at the ER, people get burnt out, and they they leave. So there is definitely a retention component to it. And the hospital is trying to cover that up. Um, by offering like a little 3% bonus, but what's 3%, you know, when it's yeah. your mental sanity on the line. So there's that. There's a meme going around on the uh, Instagram talking about retention and AMR, nope. right? Yeah. You, know, you know how they are. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, today sucks, but I got you pizza. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get you a raise, but I got you pizza. That's right. Those pizza cover that up. That's what it is. So, well, well, since, since you're the new, what'd you say? Little Caesars? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even that good stuff. You get $5. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, they yeah. well, get billions of dollars in bonuses every year by keeping labor costs down. It's, it's, healthcare is, it's going in the wrong direction, unfortunately. Sure. So. Well, since you're the uh, guest on our show today, obviously we need to do a little bit of an uh, introduction to hear your story, where you're from, and what you do. But before we progress, what I like to see from all our guests or anybody who comes on the show and is new to a radio 
environment, mm-hmm. it's the tension. You know, like you're kind of like, oh man, your nerves start kicking up and you're like, <laughs> you start jittering and you're whatnot. But like once you break the ice and, and forget that the microphones are here, you know, we're not live for a reason. So obviously we could edit things out. Right. But um, it's one of those things I love to see my guests kind of like transition from like, oh, I'm so uptight. I feel like I'm being watched to like, hey, now we're just chill and whatnot. So a good game that we've uh, picked up is kind of playing the mad minute questions. Okay. So we're going to give you a minute to answer all the questions we have to ask oh you. Boy. So it's all very improbable. <laughs> You're ready. It's on the spot. <laughs> Let's go. You know, so this uh, this episode of introduction is going to be based all highlights on you because okay. you're, you're the want to stand up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Do something. <laughs> so whenever you're ready, all I'm right. going to uh, get a little timer going on here. Okay. And then uh, we'll progress. Let's start. All right. Stand by. This jerky is really good, by the way. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, I bought these uh, little packs. On them. These are great. Let me make sure it's a good sound. All right. <clears throat> no, I need it faster than that. <laughs> Your middle will be up. That's like, right. <laughs> four hours later. <laughs> there we go. That sounds okay. good, right? No All pressure. Right. No pressure. Boucher, did I play this game with you yet? Uh, yeah, let's say yes. No? <laughs> no? Okay. We're right. here for, we're we're here here for to, Dimitri today. That's right. right? <laughs> That's right. So I'm going to have you do something because you you got to play the game. Okay. So right. what you got to do is uh, you got to go off the away from the room because I don't want you to hear the questions. Oh, so okay. mic off, off, right? Okay. You are officially muted. You are gone. You're muted. Uh, go back outside. Go smoke a cigar. I'll give you a phone call when you're back. So. Have a beer. Right? Have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, Bushio is gone. It's about damn time. Okay. Right? So, you and me. All right. Ready for this? Let's do it. All right. Boom. Person you most likely or most would like to get drunk with, past, present, or future. Oh, geez. Where to begin? <laughs> You're wasting time. Let's go. <laughs> was not ready for that one. Uh-oh. Oh, crap. Uh, probably one of my Euro Docs, man. Just uh, old school Chicago guy, down to earth. He tells it how it is. Zero filter. Just an all-around great guy. Uh, he's a real mentor to me. He sees what my potential is, and he just pushes me to be my best at work. So definitely that guy for sure. We'll okay. buy him a beer. <laughs> awesome. Where'd you grow up? Uh, originally born and raised in Greece. Came to the States in 98. Uh, lived in the Lincoln Square area for greater half of my youth. And then moved out to the northern suburbs of Chicago. So got a little bit of both worlds. Awesome. Favorite movie? Favorite movie, boy, that's probably Heat and Ronan, both featuring uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, okay. Old school 90s movies. All right. <laughs> if you had to fight Iron Man or Superman, who would you fight? Iron Man or Superman. I would go for Iron Man because there's nothing superhuman about him. It's just money. <laughs> Did he die? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you became a president for one day, what would you do? What would I do? Well, first and foremost, I would recognize the actions of uh, first responders, man, because they go unnoticed so much. Um Let's start there for sure. Okay. Rock or roll or hip hop? It depends what I'm doing. Ooh, okay. If I'm at the gym, definitely hip hop. If I'm uh, out cruising in the Jeep, topless, doorless, definitely rock and roll. Okay. Greatest fear? Greatest fear. Uh, ironically, sharks. I want to get over that as I'm about ready to move to Florida. So. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> a penguin entered this room. Not Bushio, okay. but a penguin <laughs> entered this room wearing the sombrero. What does he say and what do you do? Jeez, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. Um, 
Or a sombrero. Probably offer me tequila. I'll take a shot with him. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> what is your dream career? Dream career. So uh, definitely want to pursue the whole ER, critical care, nursing. Want to do uh, flight nursing, definitely. So work in an austere environment. Myself, a medic and a pilot, and we're the only thing keeping that patient alive during the mm. transport time. And uh, possibly look into the Coast Guard, do some search and rescue with my uh, medical background, and yeah, take it from there. You're a new color in a crayon box. What color are you, and what do you call yourself? A oh, new color in the crayon box. I'm definitely somewhere between black and blue. Those are two my, my two favorite colors, and I don't even know for a name. So, <laughs> Favorite cup of caffeine? Favorite cup of caffeine. That would be my cold brew. I make cold brew, and it's fucking amazing. Oh, all right. Now you got to share some of that. What's the most embarrassing thing that happened to you? Most embarrassing thing. Let's see. Uh, something work-related, for sure. You know, you go into work, and you think you're hot shit, but you're always learning, and you make a mistake, but you never make that mistake second. You never make it again. So It's noble. Yeah, definitely something at work, you know. Okay. And what does family mean to you? Family, family is everything, man. Without family, there's there's really no purpose. Uh, especially at work, you work as a team, but not only a team, you're a family. You got to have each other's backs. You got to trust each other with the decisions you make. And uh, you know, if you question something, know that it's done with the best intentions. There's no malicious intent because, as first responders, we do what we do to help others in their greatest time of need, basically. That's awesome, man. Well, awesome. Well, that's it. That's Thank more you. than a minute. I think All I right. gave you two minutes, but the <laughs> things you were saying were spot on. So, right hey, on. Bushio. I had to go get him. There you go. He's going to play a little bit, but now you know the question, so right. you can stick around. I can't wait to hear his. Yeah, right? <laughs> Come back. Let's go. You're late. Oh, man. <laughs> Pretty good so far, though. Yeah, no, this yeah, is great. All is out. Definitely good. I heard everything. Let's go. <laughs> I heard everything. Man, it's just like the fire academy, always running late. Welcome back, Bushio. Um, this is not your first time on the show, but this is your first time kind of doing a mad minute question. So we're gonna do a little more than a minute. That's just fun. Uh, remember, it's try to be high speed. First impressions, don't think too much about it. Uh, okay, because okay, we know how you are. That's you right. tend to uh, think I a do think a little bit too much. <laughs> a little bit. Ready? Yeah. All right. Person you lo- you most likely to get drunk with, past, future, present. Uh, my dad. <laughs> Your dad. Okay. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Chicago. Uh, where did you become who you are today? Chicago. Okay. Favorite yeah. movie. Step Brothers. <laughs> if you had to fight Iron Man or Superman, who would you fight? I'm going to say Iron Man. If you became president for a day, what would you do? Think too much about what's going on and not do anything at all. <laughs> so I'll forget. Fucking Bushio. <laughs> Rock and roll or hip hop? I think hip hop for me. What's your greatest achievement? The family I built, I think. Okay. What is your greatest failure? I don't oh, Man, maybe not doing more than I should. Okay. What's your greatest fear? I don't know. Loneliness? <laughs> Moment of silence for Bush Light. Miller <laughs> <laughs> <Little> Lattes. Miller <laughs> Lattes. Uh, what thrills you? What thrills me? Yeah. Other yeah, than me. Yeah. I'm surprised you could pick me up. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Okay. A penguin <laughs> entered this room wearing a sombrero. What does he say and what do you do? What are the way? <laughs> <laughs> It's your language, man. Hell yeah. yeah. Como estas? Eh? What do you do? 
Oh, we do. You want a Modelo? Give him oh, a Modelo. Damn right? straight. Okay. You You're a new color in a crayon box. What color are you and what do you call yourself? The one that doesn't offend people. <laughs> <laughs> I like see-through. <laughs> I'm a clear color. You can't see through. You can see through me. 31 flavors of Basket Robbers and you're salty. Okay. I see how this. <laughs> What's your favorite adult beverage? Oh, man. Uh, I'm not a big drinker, but recently has been uh, whiskey, and it's been the Hotel Tango. Actually. Hotel Tango. Yeah. Yep, there really you good. go. Represent. What's the most embarrassing thing that happened to you? You don't want to know that. <laughs> uh, man. Eesh. Let me think here. Oh, I, <laughs> my pants were pulled down in, in school one time. I had to run away. <laughs> As I pulled them up, and that was pretty embarrassing. That, for me, that was embarrassing. That was at the academy, right? <laughs> That's another instance. <laughs> what is this one? This one. Let's put this one. This one was pants and underwear, so oh, it wasn't just. That's oh, the reason why we're running away. It was okay. like, <laughs> what does family mean to you? Everything. Everything. I like it. Sounds great. Well, that's the last question because again, we are going to be talking about family here. All right. So, starting with you, Dimitri, explain a little more. What does family mean to you? Well, geez, where to begin? Fam- like I said, family's everything. Like uh, I just said, family's everything. Uh, you never forget where you came from. So I- I'm an immigrant. My parents are immigrants that came to this country. Like ever, like a lot of other people, uh, no money, no language. You know, uh, my parents became successful through hard work and dedication and family. You know, my dad knew that he was fighting for my brothers and I, so he had to raise a family. He had to learn the American lifestyle and. Uh, no, me moving forward, I'm the first person in my whole entire family, the whole generation, is to go to college. So I want to I wanna honor that. You know, thank you for all that you've done. I want to show you that your efforts didn't go to waste by being successful, by showing him that, you know, I appreciate what you did and just honor that. You know, we come from a, a very disciplined family. My father was in the military. He's a police officer. So we grew up in kind of like a strict, rough household, you know, but that builds discipline, it builds character, and you gotta, you gotta pay that forward, you know, by honoring your parents and the family and all their sacrifices that they've mm-hmm. made. So, you know, one of my first episodes here, we talked about family and just a little bit and the support of what family does. Right. And I think uh, I talked about like any uniform you wear, you know, like let's say my military uniform. You know, we got a patch on our chest that shows that we work for our branch, so U.S. Army. Right. And then you have a patch that represents your last name. So a you're 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 you got to do justice for what you currently do and who you're serving, which is the community. But also, you need to do justice to remind yourself who raised you and who yeah. brought you here, who, who you influenced. Are. That's yep. right. So, and those need to be done justice equally. So it's important. You know, family is right. a big key. To me, it's one of those things that family is your survivability. You know, it's, it's no matter whether you are married or you've got this, um, you're in a relationship or you're single. It's friends or family too. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're my dog. He's, he's like my son. You know what yeah. I mean? What is that? That's that? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's just mellow. Well, that's our biggest support is to be able to maintain, you know, what we do in EMS and fire and law enforcement. It's stressful. You know, we're going to go, we're going to come through and we've gone through a lot of things. So it's, uh, it's challenging. And they're the ones that are going to be picking up the loose ends because they see us off the books. But sometimes that's even worse. They see us in a perspective that nobody else can see. That's right. Yeah. Some people, uh, you know, they can't open up. You, you go to a call and you've got, uh, Someone that dies in front of you that, you know, had a whole life in front of them. They shouldn't have died. And it's it's really hard for the average human being yeah. to process that and to think that, okay, you did your job. You did everything you could. 
you got to pack up the rig or, you know, clean the ER room and reset and get ready for the next one. Yep. You know, some people just, they can never recover from that. And we're expected to just move on, continue Correct. on with our day. That so, same day. Family is a lifeline, you know, whether it's work or actual family, you need that. So, yep. Bruce, what about yourself? Explain more what you mean by everything. Well, uh, so like the way Dimitri said, you know, I give a lot of uh, respect to my parents. Uh, they, you know, they both, they came here from Mexico. You know, they, they're, they're not born here, but they came from Mexico. Uh, I think uh, the biggest thing for me is my dad. My mom, too. I'm not saying her, she's not, you know, anything, not, not that she's uh I respect that she is like I take care of her and my dad and, um but I just I always saw my dad like I remember back in the day he used to have three jobs you know he's uh I'm his only son like I have like five brothers and sisters but you know it's like uh that's a different dad you know they just had a different dad is how it happened so my dad came into this family and just took on the rest of the kids as his kids so that was really like wow you know like that's not many people can do that especially with like five other kids already there you know mm-hmm. yep. and then he had me so um but i remember him working really hard just to support his family so i just i've seen that hard work because his dedication was to his family you know and he and there's things that he i know that he wanted to do but he couldn't do it because he needed to work and provide and you know now i'm just trying to like repay them back you know like he has things that he's taking he's getting like his little surgery next week for gallstones sure and he's like nervous but he's no he's also nervous because he doesn't want to miss work He's the type of guy who doesn't want like unemployment. He wants to go to work, you know. Okay. And so I'm like, you don't have to wait. Worry wait, say that one more time. He wants what? He wants to work. People want to work. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. This might be old school. My bad. Because he wants to work. You it's know? mentality that you yeah. have to provide. Exactly. You, know, you yeah. are the father. You are exactly. the bread maker of the household. And, yeah. You know. And he's kind of like done. You know, he doesn't have to provide for anybody. <clears throat> well, you know, my mom, and that's the thing. You know, but he's big on that. Like he's like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, what do you mean? Like you. They live with me. I'm like, right. you don't do anything. You live here. You don't. I'm not asking you for rent. I'm not asking you for anything. You're here. You're. you're I'm taking care of you, and that's why I also took off next week so I can be there for him, take right. him, whatever. That's know. awesome. Yeah, because it's. I mean, come on, this guy. You know, he's done a lot for us. We could at least do a little bit. You know, pay yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah, his birthday was just last week, so we like surprised him again. You know, like yeah, he has a bunch of nieces and uh, uh grandkids, great grandkids, great grandkids. So. Wow. Yeah. So he's over there. So yeah, it's just think. Uh, Seeing him, it's like it's family. It's really important, you know. You got to do basically. You got to do what you got to do to provide. That's right. Yes. And I, I don't think that a lot of people have that virtue anymore. A lot of people, like, oh, I get money. I get money for free from the government. Yeah. Like, right. We're all entitled now. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody says, oh yeah, I don't know what hard work is because I never had to do it. Sure. <laughs> That's right. You know, so I don't. I think I get that from him. So I think, like I said, family is everything because I look back at my dad. My mom too. She worked hard. You know, she worked a full time job taking care of, like, me and the other kids, you know. And she was doing it uh, by herself for a long time before she met my dad. You know, she, she was a single parent, you know. And so I just feel like they're, they're hard workers, man. They, you know, they did a lot for us. And they were in the, I guess it was the old time days, right? You work hard. You work hard for what you want, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Absolutely. so uh, family was the biggest thing, you know. Would you both agree that family is what influenced us to be where we're at now? I, I believe, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, seeing my father grow up, you know, being in the military and uh, law enforcement, growing up in that strict, disciplined household, it, it really builds character, and it I think it makes you a better person because you're not some shithead growing up on the streets, you know, yeah. with yeah. no foundation. So, yeah. absolutely, that definitely plays a huge influence. And like I said, you gotta got to pay it forward, whether it's not back to your parents, you got to pay back to your community. Or, uh, you know, that's why we do what we do. 
yeah, my dad, uh, he never joined the military, but I know he wanted to. He would tell me stories, but he couldn't because he wanted to be here to provide for his right, family. Yeah. So he was doing stuff that he needed to do. But uh, he's he's a big martial artist. There you he's, go. He loves martial arts. Like he's a big, really big, really big into it. And I remember one time he got actually shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. and we actually had a school before COVID. And uh, I was taking care of the classes, but he would come in with a sling, with a sling. and he's like stepping on the mat trying to teach us something. You're supposed to be sitting down. <laughs> Not stress, you know, stressing yourself out. He goes, ah, it's fine. I'll fine. Like, right. <laughs> so that's just uh, things like that. Now, a caveat on that is I've asked a couple people on the job, you know, that who know that I've got a podcast. You know, on my last shift, I had a uh, lieutenant covering, and uh, he's really interested. So he's going to come, come on the show here shortly. But we talked. I talked to him about that our subject's going to be family. And his caveat is that there's a lot of members who actually don't have a good household or, you know, or it's – they didn't. They weren't raised with the uh, the benefit of having a good parenting, and that inspired them to be better. So, with that being said, I'm gonna have you both look at the screen here, up here, coming up, and there you go. Now, I'm gonna explain the picture for the audience, and I want you guys to think about it. So, this is a picture of two gentlemen. They're sitting on a bench, I believe, maybe sharing a meal, and uh, one is in a business attire, the other one is portrayed as a homeless individual or struggling individual with a sign that says "No money, no job." And the uh, comments on it, or the actual verbiage, is two sons of an alcoholic father, right? One struggles through life as a drunk, and the other becomes a successful, ambition, ambitious businessman. When asked, why are you the way you are, both responded, my father was an alcoholic. So you see one where he's like, I'm going to make sure I don't become that. Right. I, you know, that encouraged me to do something better with my life. And you have the other is like, well, I, that was my influence. Nice. Right, and then I, tr- I truly believe, and you guys could disagree with me, but I truly believe that you're, the way you're raised, whether it's good or bad, is going to influence who you are today. Yeah. So I absolutely agree, and that also ties into you know family, whether they have a lack of family, uh, who they hang out with, or their support system could definitely be a huge influence. Right. So yeah, and it seems like the trend that we have with you know, and Busho, you and I have talked about this with some of the yeah. challenging individuals we've had on the job. Um, it seems like most of the excuses that we get from their perspective, or we once we find out what their story is, is that they have a challenging household. Yeah. So it seems like the trend when it comes to an individual who's just he's having a bad day at work, or he has bad attitude, or or whatnot, and he's not willing to train, he's not willing to train you. It's because a maybe he's just going through a bad marriage, or b his his house is falling apart. So what does that fall back into? Family, right? How does that influence who we are today? So let's say the scenario or a little scenario question for you is that you have, and this is where we're going to be vulnerable. You got to talk about it, right? <laughs> right. I'll bring the tissues out, right. <laughs> but this is going to be vulnerable. How has in your, in your shoes for both of you, how has your household influence affected your work performance on the good and positive or the, I said that right yeah. on the negative yeah. and positive. Well, uh, let's see. Working in the ER, you get you get complicated patients, as you guys do on the job. Uh, it's very easy to get uh, annoyed with someone because they're needy. But uh, when you when you mention family, I catch myself taking a step back at work because yes, it's very easy to get upset with someone because they're needy. They're hitting the call light. You know, they're 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 scared. You know, being in the ER, this is a vulnerable place for them to be in. They don't know what's going to happen. You yeah. come into work every single day, you know, as a firefighter, and this is normal for you. But for someone to see the fire department come to their house or to help them in a time of crisis or to be in the ER, that's yeah. that could be yeah. a life-changing thing. Yeah. 
Um, so I always take a step back and I remember like, hey, this could be my family member in this position, you know, like vulnerable. So you got to take a step back and kind of use your empathy and put yourself in their shoes. Like, hey, yep. what if this was my grandma? How would I treat them? Uh, so that that's my, that's my patient-centered care is I treat every patient – like family, even they're even if they're a complete piece of shit, and I know that they're abusing the system. Yeah. Like, hey, you know what? You're a human being, so yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What about you? It's the same thing. Uh, when I uh, when I first became a police officer, uh, before I became a firefighter, uh, my brother was my brother's on the job, so he uh, he would like run me through like how to how to act, basically, you know. Because I'm like, I'm new, I'm gonna be new to this, you know. What what do I gotta do? And he just he said that, you know, you treat everybody as if they're um, your family because that's somebody's aunt, uncle, grandmother, you know, whatever, you know. Absolutely. And uh, you know, that's that's something you have to take into into consideration, you know. I mean, like you say, you can have like persons acting completely S and I or whatever, you're like, okay, but uh who are they, where are they, and what's going on? And when I was a cop you didn't you didn't do too much um, like house calls, I guess you could say. it was always like on street or whatever. But as a firefighter, you, you go into these houses and um sometimes you see it's the grandmother, you know, like we, I remember going to this one house a few times. Uh, I believe, unfortunately, the uh, the grandparents passed away, but we were going there. I mean, it's, it's like multiple times, and um, we went there for both. The grandmother, and grandfather were in the bed, and the family was there. So they were trying to help them because the family's worried. You know, they're praying, they're doing their thing, and so we're trying to get them out. Um, I remember the dad of that family. Just kind of came up to us. Ah, we know you. Like, oh, like we know you. We know you. You know, this is a the different language. So, but they can, you know, they knew those words. Like, we know you. We know you've been here. And we're like, yeah, no, we know you. You know, they say, like, uh, so we take care of them. And then we came back one more time, and the, the dad wasn't there anymore. Hmm. It was just the mom. Right. So now he's like, yeah, you know, he he unfortunately passed away. We're sorry about that. So they, the mom, I think, was on her way out too, unfortunately. And that takes a big toll on that family, you know. And so how how would it be if we went up there and we were like just mad? But yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. That'd be really bad for them. Like you're, you're there to help them, you know. And now right. they're looking at you, and you're being an asshole. And then that's not right, you know. So we have to be nice. Well, not have to be nice, but we have that consideration, and which we always do with that family. We haven't gone back there for a while, and I, I think I know why because they're not right. there no more. Sure. So it's unfortunate, but it's just like that. I, I think back to my grandmother and you know my grandfather, my grandfather and stuff. And uh, we would have medics come by, and we would always be in the hospital, which was weird, you know. And I'm like, man, what are we doing here again? You know, that was a little kid, but right. my grandmother was under deathbed, basically. You know, and that was that was hard. You know, they didn't, they couldn't, they couldn't understand how why they had so many people there, because you know we had a lot of family there all the time, because my grandmother was really loved. So that's important. Yeah. So it's just like that. That kind of just reflected with me, like you know, you can't take care of these people. Do whatever we can to get them going to the hospital so they can care of them so it's just a big um i think your family reflects i think what you do at home reflects a lot what you do at your job so you know even if you have a bad day at home don't bring it don't bring it to the job and i've always thought about that yeah leave it you at know, the door because the door, exactly your patients or whoever you care for yeah they need you at your best because exactly. you don't know what they're doing you don't know how they're feeling you know exactly. they're, they're probably hysterical at that moment yeah how does it look if a firefighter or a paramedic walks in pissed off you know like oh three in the morning you're calling us i was sleeping or something <laughs> whose emergency is it uh, exactly know? it's not your emergency right. you're you do, you're doing this job you picked this career path right. to help people so do your job wait what yeah. <laughs> oh i'm gonna say it again now <laughs> and let's flip that around what about stuff going on in the work on job how do you keep that from coming home 
or do you bring it home? Right? Is your wife or your spouse or yeah. your family or your friends is that your your outsource or your plug to debrief, or do you leave it at the door? I would say a little bit of both. Um, obviously, for those that don't work as uh, first responders or see the traumatic things that we see on a daily basis, it's hard for them to comprehend that. Like, I'll come home, and my brother's also a nurse. Um, he doesn't work in the ER, so he doesn't see the crazy things, but he understands it. So just to be able to, like, tell him what I experienced, you know, just to have someone listen, get his feedback, see how he would have reacted to it, and just to have that... Um, like, hey, that was really tough. I'm sorry that you went through that, but I'm proud of you because you're doing you're doing God's work. You know what we do, taking care of others, being selfless. It's it's a higher calling. Yeah. So you take it home to some extent, but uh, you don't bring it home in a negative way. That's going to affect your family in a negative yeah. way. I've always had, uh, again, my uh, my dad's always been there to talk to me. You know, but this was a little hard to talk to him. I don't want to. Tell them what's going on at work. Right. But my wife has always been there for me. And we have our times, but she's still always been there for me. And also I have my brother because he is a, he's actually part of something called Shattered Stars in his department. And right. that's where they go and they talk to people if they're having a hard time or something along the lines of that matter. And I was there for him. He was there for me. Um, but I feel like uh, also friends will become family. We can talk to them. I can come and talk to Vince if I need to. Right. You're actually going to do that because uh, it took <laughs> well, me it, what, it, it took me a while years for you to actually talk to me. Well, I, it was hard. It was uh, mm, a lot of no things bit. going through my head. So, but I came and I talked you to did. you, didn't I? Yeah, you I was, did. Once I pried it with a halogen bar yeah, out of here, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, you have you have friends, and uh, you you can't you can't leave some stuff at the door though. I agree with Dimitri. You can't because sometimes, man. The, <laughs> oh, I saw how, an arm fly out. How are they going to take that? Oh, right, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. a rape victim. But if I can, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly, but if I can talk to like my brother, who's probably seen something like that, like yeah, dude, I saw this guy cut in half. Yeah, me too. I'm like yeah, <laughs> yep. you know he he's seen it. So, um, but yeah, like there's you know definitely got to laugh it off. That's I think humor. It's unfortunate that it is, but we have the <laughs> as messed humor. up as that is. Right, we're not we're not mentally screwed up. Right. It's just our so, humor is. Our so way here's a quick thing. When I was in the academy <laughs> for the police academy. They were giving us, they were telling us about dark humor. It was a quick story. Yeah. And uh, the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, it was, it was two state troopers. They were, he said, we were in this barn. Yeah, I think he said it was actually October, October. I don't know if it was Halloween, but he said something similar to that. He was like, yeah, uh, it was a barn. It was dark. The lady, I think, like hung herself or something. Oh, wow. She was dead. And he goes, and it was just him and his partner and, and obviously the deceased person. And he goes over his partner. He goes, hey, uh. Did you uh, touch my ass? Because if you didn't, it's gonna have. Run- <laughs> <laughs> like, so we're all like sitting there. Some of us are kind of laughing. Some people are like staring. At us. That's messed up, man. Like, yeah. But he made it a point. He said, "Look, man, in the situation like that, you have to kind of laugh it off yeah. because you, if you're not, you're gonna think about it a lot, yeah. and it's not gonna be good for you. At least that way, when you think about it again, you can associate some humor with e- exactly. it. Exactly. So. Again, dark humor, but you know, yeah. Like me, I'm a trauma junkie. I love that kind of stuff. It's not because I love seeing people hurt and. Yeah mangled and messed up and at their worst it's because i want to be there for you yeah when yeah. you're at your worst yes i want to provide you know 100 yeah, i'll see pictures like limbs taken off or something yeah. like ig where i said like, what are you looking at yeah, don't worry about it it's kind of interesting you won't understand that's right. don't show me that i'm like okay <laughs> so what, you see it in person too so it's like, one of the hosts uh tyler frank i mean you've met him i think yeah, yeah. yeah. um so he just left for basic training last week and uh, <laughs> you sent him some videos. I know, huh? I sent him, you his, sent him some videos. Apparently, he's allowed to have his cell phone on him, which is crazy because oh, military's changed and, uh, and all that. But don't get me heated up about that. <laughs> anyway, um, him and I—I I mean, he's—he's like—he's 
he's a brother to me. You know, he's my he's my best guy. Um, I was his best man at his wedding, same as he and mine. And um, you know, we go back to the original fire academy when I went in Michigan, and that's how we met. You know, we were on the same job together. And he's got a saying that stuck with me one day because there was a time where I was going through some uh, some challenges, and same thing. He was he was a guy I was talking to and kind of debriefing. And uh, in my appreciation, I was like, dude, you're you're like a you're like a younger brother to me. You know, I don't I have two older sisters, but I don't have any brothers. And to me, you're like your your blood. And his saying was, sometimes the water is thicker than the blood. You know what I mean? I believe that. So so sometimes sometimes it's not about being in the same last name or sharing that family yep. that makes you family. Yep. You know, it's about being there for each other, you know, whether it's a friend or a peer or whatever it is. To me, like already, we just met. I mean right. we met on social media, yeah. but we just met a person, <laughs> right? And that half maybe an hour that we spend in the uh my cigar lounge yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's a good cigar lounge it's a good cigar lounge yeah. right um you're already family you know what yeah, i mean so it's it's that. that's that's right, what it is that thank you. yeah thank that's you. what it is so you're always welcome here but it's one of those things that like that's that's how it should be so if you're listening to the show and you're like you're in a position where you don't have a good household and maybe you just weren't raised in a good family or a positive family and everybody's got their struggles just remember it's not like you make your family. It doesn't define you. Yes, yes. You make the family. So, That's right. um, sometimes you can't talk to family. Hundred you know, percent. I got some brothers that sisters I can't talk there to. You go. They won't understand. Yeah. But I can talk to a friend who became family. Yes. Right, you know? Yes. Hundred percent. You know, and and around the same time, oh no, this is a little later, but uh, a different situation. I was having a bad week at work when I was in Michigan. Just seemed like every patient I had died. You know what I mean? You take it personal. You're like, am I Angel doing my death, job? Right? Yeah, yeah, am I doing cloud? my job wrong? <laughs> What's up? You know, but then it takes it takes a toll, and I take I take medicine very passionately, and uh, you know I take my training very seriously when it comes to that. And it's just like one of those things when I take when I see a failure, even though it's not my fault, because after our training, it's not in our hands anymore, right? That patient died, or those patients died because it was way beyond me. Um, but there was a day that I was, you know, I came back from work and uh, I parked in my driveway, and I was probably in my driveway for an hour. And it was just like, I don't remember because I feel like I blacked out from all the, the craziness. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend, now wife, she came outside and she's like, what the hell are you doing? Right. You know what I mean? And I was like, I, I don't know. And I just started bawling. And she's never seen me, like, tear up. But I just started bawling. And uh, it was one of those times she's like, you got to talk to me. Tell me what's going on. And I told her everything at work. I just became unfiltered. I didn't bite anything. I remember in my original ENT school 12 years ago, one of the instructors like, never bring it home. Never bring the bad home. Because it will mess up your relationship. It will mess up your family and this and that. And that's when I realized that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? right? You've got to communicate to your family what's going yeah. on. they got to know what you're doing, yeah. what you're dealing with on um, a daily basis. Yes. Something that I – sorry, I mean – No, no. This, yeah, go for it. Something that I uh, that I really appreciated um, from the police academy um, is that they – it was it was weird. And we don't do that. We should actually should bring that to, like, any academy everywhere because – what they did is they took, uh, I think, one or two hours before we graduated and told the families to come in early. And then they sat them down in the room, in the classroom, and they spoke to them about what we're going to go through, what we're going to see, and how they should, you know, kind of open up and be there for us. You know, and this is a class, they said, and don't ever tell. I still don't know what it's about because my wife to this day won't tell me what, what they told her in that class. But she goes, but she was like, I can't tell you what they told me, so, but I, I can tell you what. They told me I should expect, you know, and that's, I think that's why she's, I mean, she's always been there regardless, but I just think, I think that up to Annie when she, you know, it's going to become a responder, first responder or whatever, 
And I think that's great, you know. Like I, my brother's like, I never had that in my academy. It's like that's a really good class. I'm surprised. And it, it wasn't just for like spouses; it was for the people who are closest to you, you know. And I think it was uh, it was my parents that came, and my wife that came. You know, not not so much like all the guests that I invited or whatever. It was just the wife and the family, you know, or the parents, you know, or whoever's in your household that's going to be close to you that day. And I think that's really great. I think that's something that we should bring to like all these uh, academies, especially for first responders, because. It's going to be stuff that these families aren't prepared for, you know, because they've probably never had anybody in their family that was an in-line of duty or anything, you know. Absolutely. They they, they, they train you and prepare you for mm-hmm. this lifestyle. But exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. So, funny you mentioned that. I went to my buddy's, uh, my best friend's uh, CPD graduation, and there was a huge crowd of people, and there was some white shirt that went up, and she wanted everyone's attention, and she waited till everyone stopped talking, and she gave that same exact speech. Nice. You know, your your loved one is going to experience things. They're going to work long days. They're going to yep. come home and just be a completely different person. And you need to understand that that's what the job does. Yeah. So you need to be that resource that's, for that's them. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad they did that. Cause, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a stigma that is completely ignored nowadays. We yeah. don't talk about weakness. Bottle it up. Why? Why? Why would you? That's right. Bottle Shake it up. Shake that up. We're, we're human too. You know, yeah. we're vulnerable. All it takes seeing you know working with uh mental health patients and psych people that come in for psychiatric evaluations that one call man we're human all it takes is one small life instance to snap you and put you on the other end of the spectrum you know what would you say in your career right whether it's law enforcement that you've had experience in or nursing or everything what is your greatest tool on the job like is it your whatever body armor anything what's your greatest (laughs) what is your lifeline my lifeline is literally uh, my family at work. Uh, you know, gotcha. funny how that ties gotcha. in. But yeah. seriously, like you work as a team sure. uh, in the ER. You've got your fellow nurses, all your disciplines, and you all just work as a team. You bounce ideas off one another. You count on each other because yeah. you're going to need each other, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Family, coworkers. If you If you were to pick, because I'm going somewhere with this, okay. if you were to pick an actual object, like on your uniform <laughs> that you have team. every single day. Sure. Huh? Oh. <laughs> Every single day on the job, what is your greatest tool? My greatest tool? Uh, probably my trauma shears. Trauma shears. <laughs> Shameless okay. plug to nice. uh, All right. yeah. one sure trauma shears. Here. Trauma that. shears. What about yourself, Michelle? Now? Uh, I'm, I don't carry anything on us. Uh, well, our bunker gear? What, what do you mean? Sure. Let's talk about your gear. Radio, man. Communication. Right? Radio. Communication outside and inside of the job. That okay. was the same thing with the police department. What was the greatest tool? Your, your radio. That's your lifeline. So you need to you need to con, uh, contact the dispatch and hey, what are you doing? Where are you at? What is the first thing or one of the first things you do every shift? Uh, radio. Well, you check your SCBA. Okay. <laughs> but let's talk about radio. What what should you be doing with that radio? You're checking uh, the battery is still working. Everything's one hundred percent. Nothing's broken, and you can communicate and, and it works. Call out for a radio check. How yeah. often do you check your shears? Every day. Every day. Oh, Why? Yeah. Just make sure they're ready. Nice and sharp. Okay. Ready. Why? Because when the calling comes that they're needed, regardless of what the equipment is, you have to be at 100%, just like your equipment. If your equipment fails, you fail. Yeah. And if you fail, your equipment fails. Yeah. You know, it's tandem, hand in hand. So if your shears were dull or falling apart, you would fail in the job, right? Basically, if a trauma comes in and, you know, trauma protocol cut all their clothes off and I'm fighting with this guy's leather jacket to yeah. expose the gunshot wound or, you know, we're doing the primary assessment and I can't see where he's bleeding from because I can't cut through his clothing, 
my whole team is failing because they're like, all right, dude, hurry up. Like, yeah. we need to see what's going on. So you, as well as your equipment, have to be at 100% wow. each shift. Yeah. If your radio is not charged all the way. How are you going to communicate where you are? Exactly. What I'm trying to get at is that how come we're not addressing this at home? How come we're not taking the mental health and the family health as serious as our radio and our shears? Also true. Yeah. You know, and you talked about the program that they had at academies, yeah. you know. Yeah. Why is that not just as important as checking your radio? You know, every shift you take the time to check a radio. Yeah. Every time you come home, you should take the time to check on your family, to check on your support. Yeah. You know? Text, message, uh, email. Yeah. I I guess there's an assumption that, you know, it'll take care of itself, but that's a terrible assumption because you can't assume that your radio is going to work every shift. There's always, always that, you know, something could go wrong. Your trauma shears could be dull or who knows. So. You're absolutely right. You got to take that into consideration when, when, you know, putting family into the picture too. True, hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm gonna give a shout out to my sister, one of my sisters, um, <laughs> Myra, right? Myra Castaneda or Castaneda, sorry, right? She lives in Spain yeah, right. now, but what she does is that she is a family therapist. Awesome. You know what I mean? So, um, in a highlight for everything we do, we always talk about check on yourselves and she check on your family. What's that? She, she does. She does. does. She does. <laughs> so, and it comes to a point that if you find yourself struggling, uh, look her up. I'll definitely attach a link to her counseling as well. Yes. But All you right. gotta, you know, it's one of those sayings that it's. I'm always gonna push it. It's okay to not be okay. That's right. You know what right. I mean. So That's check good. on yourselves. Check on your family. Check on your support. Check on your equipment. That's right. Right. And like you beat me to the punch, but your family, <laughs> your family is your greatest light. Life That's life, right. You know. So it's uh, just as important. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, now that we've broken the ice a little bit, I could tell, you could tell, your body language is loosened up a yeah. little bit. Now that you're here, right? right? You forget the microphones That's are here. Right. It happens, everybody. But I, I love seeing that transition, and it's uh, it's exciting. But now that we're going to enter a different uh, episode here to become more a um, educational and maybe scenario-based, sure. right? I'm going to pause here for a second because we are going to talk about a distillery that we're collaborating That's with. Good stuff. Right? So I'm going to hand this bottle around. Boop. Hey. Look at the bottle. So for series five, right? I don't think I really introduced that in the beginning of the show here, but this is series five, and our series is based off family, as I hope you probably caught on to earlier now. But this series no is going to be collaborating. Wait, no way! Collaborating <laughs> with Doc Swinson's Distillery. So, bottle a little moment to talk about it. Uh, Doc Swinson's Alter Ego. It is a. It looks like a wine bottle. It does opinion, right? definitely? Yeah, it's very elegant. Um, the one I'm holding in my hand is a triple cask, formula number one. Jeez, one million three hundred sixty-two thousand four hundred twenty-five. Look at that! So it took a lot of time to make this, right? Alcohol by volume forty-seven point nine percent proof. It's a ninety-five point eight. Careful. Release number twenty-one dash zero zero five. A bottle number sixty-two thousand and one. Approved by a signature. It looks very fancy. And I got it's a, a uh, right? It looks like almost like a looks like a wax strip or stamp it's on the cool. label. Yeah. Um the one I'm holding in my hand is a straight bourbon whiskey finished in a sherry and cognac cask. Oh. Uh, this is gonna be dangerous. The one that I've got is a straight red whiskey finished in rum casks. Ooh. Now that would decisions, pair so well decisions. with a cigar. Oh. Goodness. Inspired by the old world techniques with Scottish whiskey distillers, Doc Swinson's Alter Ego Bourbon is finished using, ooh, I'm a fancy word, sherry, 
Pedro, Sherry, and Cognac casks. These casks allow for the delicate characteristics of past occupants to mingle and marry with the smooth yet bold aspects of Doc's straight bourbon. Each release is when I'm sorry, each release is then meticulously blended and rested in X Cognac uh man, they're using fancy words. I can't read. <laughs> Prior <laughs> to the bottling. Too many fancy words. Our finishing and blending technique imparts a dry nunness, subtle sweetness, and extended finish to an already great whiskey while still allowing that bourbon to shine. Distilled in Indiana and finished in Washington. So these are it's a company that reached out to us on social media that want to partake. So we're going to do a little review. I'm going to pour a little sample for everybody. That kind of sample. So as uh, you were there for that episode with uh, Alex, we do yeah. Right, that, that was on point right there. <laughs> first time, first time. So let me uh, let me pour some of this ice because the ice is already starting to melt. And we want first impressions. All right, Dimitri, go ahead and pop that open. Just drink. It. Yeah, just drink it out of the bottle, right? <laughs> first impressions. First impressions, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Smells amazing. First and foremost, smooth. You drink this whole bottle, it'd be great. Yeah? <laughs> it's like that, huh? Very smooth. Not bad at all. Bouchot, what's your impression? It's pretty good. Pretty good? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm really new to this, so yeah. they'll say, but... It tastes good, man. Makes you right, smooth. Yeah, very mellow profile. Yeah, it doesn't burn at the end like you do. Exactly. I can breathe after this. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't cause death. That's right. right? Ninety-five point eight proof. Okay. Wow, impressive. Yeah, it's good. What kind of what kind of barrels is this one uh, aged in? It's a sherry and cognac cask. Oh, okay. So that's probably where all that smooth is coming. Yeah, comes from. That is. Uh, that's a good spice. Right, a little bit yeah. of a spice. Yeah. Why should we spicy? It's spicy. No, that's really good. That's but a good I, sample. I, I could definitely pair this with cigar, and it'll be yeah. amazing. It's a good thing we got a cigar lounge like ten feet away, right? No way. Anybody <laughs> want to come to a cigar lounge? You got to come on the show. So if you're listening and want to be part of it, let me know. We'll do it. So we'll take a break here, and then we'll go right into the educational thing. Can't Sounds wait. good? Can't wait. 